0: Anybody driving this bus? <laughs> Are we rolling music?
1: Music is rolling and it is done. Here comes John looking in, eating a donut on his way through with awesome. a beer in his hand, I guess. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to the new episode. I've got to load up my chat screen real quick. Episode if you're just...
0: 56.
1: Episode 56. Should be going back to it. We should have all of our viewers and all that crazy stuff going on.
0: Is that a powdered sugar donut, John?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Beer and marshmallow donut. <laughs> oh, no, Negative on no. powdered sugar.
0: So is Marshmallow.
2: Baby, on just busted you. He's got it all (laughs) over your mouth. It
0: looks amazing. (laughs) I want to reach right through the, you know, phone line. No, it's not a phone line, is it? Video line? Welcome to the 1950s. I want to reach through the phone line. (laughs) Grab that donut. Anyways, so it's episode 56, but do you know what else uh, it is today? Uh, it was October 29th last year, which happens to be my birthday, but you had the Eight Ladies of Gaming episode. Uh huh. And that was my very first appearance on More Than Dice.
1: That is right. Our Eight, eight Ladies of Painting. We Happy Kathy one?
2: anniversary.
0: Yep. Yeah. Happy,
1: Happy Kathy anniversary. anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy <laughs> anniversary. Which was, uh, that's when you, we announced also that you were going to be one of our cohorts. Because Seth had to leave, sad day, yep. happy day. <clears throat> so we're at episode fifty-six. Uh, today's episode is going to be about uh, what to do during the winter season, um, and that also eat and eat donuts. John eating a good old donut, grabbed a beer.
0: That's what you. That's what you do in the winter season. You <laughs> eat donuts to replenish your fat stores.
2: Uh, negative on beer.
1: Negative on beer. Nice. Oh, monitor's kind of um so uh our our conversation is going to cover what to do painting wise uh what to do during um ceiling gaming
0: models when it's too cold to prime
1: yeah all that stuff to do with the hobby aspect and also what to do because convention seasons are pretty much over um there's like there's what pack something or other coming up pack south I Act think that,
0: something or other seems good enough,
1: yep, that's coming up. But after that, there's pretty much over. And so we have to start waiting for January and February for those to start coming in. Um, we
0: have our little our fun little uh, gaming convention game Hole Con, up in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, which is the second weekend in November. And yeah. for us, that's our last for me and Jim, that's our last one of the season,
1: yeah, I mean, because it's 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 coming down to. I don't want to say a dead season, but that's pretty much what it is. It's coming down to a dead convention season. I'm refixing my camera right here. Um, and so we're going to be doing that. Um, let's guess. Kathy, what are you drinking today, rum?
0: Oh, gosh, you're right. <laughs> how, did you, how did you predict that? It's uncanny.
1: And tea or coffee?
0: Uh, and coffee, but I'm sure that soon you'll hear the tea kettle whistling in the background.
1: Yep. Um, John, what are you drinking tonight?
2: Uh, if I could drink that donut, fuck, I would to put all the other five in a blender and drink <laughs> that shit. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I'm going to start off with a shot, a shot of this apple whiskey stuff that's mediocre, bird dog apple whiskey. uh uh-huh. And then I, I mixed up a, uh, hold on, can anyone guess what soda I put in my mixed drink?
0: Dr. Pepper. Pepper.
2: Wow, that was easy. (laughs) Uh, uh, So Officer Rob gave me a bottle of Kraken rum that his friends were not drinking. I don't know what's wrong with them.
1: I don't know. It's Kraken rum.
2: And I put a little bit, since we still have some left, uh, I put a little bit of uh, Firebow in there too, so this should be interesting when I get to it. Uh, Gonzo, what are you drinking? Maker's Mark.
1: Um, actually, I am taking a little bit of, uh, a break because we weekend is coming up and I need to make sure my liver can handle it. Is uh, you a
0: liver cleanse. Are you drinking just water or do you have hot chocolate there? No, I've got, oh, wait, I'm sorry. You don't live in the frozen North.
2: No. Wait, <laughs> hot chocolate cleanses a liver. I love well, hot duh. chocolate. Duh. <laughs> I
0: Especially uh, if you put all the in it. Oh.
2: So, today
0: is a
1: strawberry milkshake.
2: I'm not sure that cleanses the liver quite as well.
1: No, but I've drinking a shit ton of water
2: lately.
0: Crimson says, uh, the Kraken, are you planning to watch Casablanca or something? Nope. <laughs> That's just heresy. It's not even funny. You, you don't drink before watching Casablanca.
2: You drink after. Um, Kathy, I drink during all movies
0: yeah. I guess I'd
1: drink a martini. Drink a martini? Uh, so, do we need to give a, um, a good shout out to anybody? Or is everything pretty good? If you're going to be at Warmershine Weekend, cheers. Um, other than that, anybody know? I don't know. I'm just oh, sure no, I,
0: somebody...
2: I think uh, the year's been. Calm down a little bit after that really scary start, so. Yeah. Except
0: for that whole thing that happened yesterday.
2: uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah, so. Kind words and whatever to the people, the synagogue, and also, um, you know, quit being dicks to each other. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, cheers. Come by. TJ, do you want to come in here and say hi? Come here, TJ. Come here. Come here. Come here, you little shit.
0: That must be your dog.
2: I'm going to blame Gonzo. Oh.
0: It was the dog, I bet.
2: He's, Gonzo's destroying everything.
0: Oh yeah, there's weird stuff everywhere. And then Banian says it's back. <laughs>
2: uh Wow, you guys <laughs> lost a lot of banter about dogs and uh and goes, Doggo,
0: doggo. So not all is lost. <laughs>
1: Oh no! It's a it's a, exploit uh, thing.
0: Uh oh! Bye bye. All
1: right, uh, we will be right back, guys. Uh, John, type that in there. I'm going to restart exploit.
0: I probably do eat enough of them, which is not many.
2: All right, we should be back. Yeah, enough is a vague term.
0: Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, ah. I'm doing
2: lots are of old we back stuff or right back now.
0: Back, we're back.
1: Should be Just back. It. i said that we're streaming Just live. It. There we go.
0: Yeah, we we're are back. back. Are we still there?
1: Oh yeah, we still got all of our people. They know to hold on <laughs> for a second. They know our. They know our record with commercial times. <laughs> well, little boy TJ, you crashed us, dude.
0: What the
2: heck? The Dogs are too much for the stream. That's dogs are just dogs too much. On, Twi- on Twitch yet, because it just crashes the entire stream. <laughs> we and, close the door. That makes oh, sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All the servers go down because dogs are... Too much cuteness.
2: You cannot handle the doggos. Can't
1: yeah. handle the doggos.
0: <laughs> I just want to grab their cheeks, you know, and just, you know, the
1: just space face them all uh, right we should be back face. I don't know what <laughs> happened it just all of a sudden Xplit decided to say screw you gonzo I'm like okay fine
2: screw you guys I'm go home. <laughs> yeah. all
1: right so we're back that means I got to split those episodes up and get them back together oh. yay
2: Hashtag editing <laughs> nope
1: I don't have, I don't edit I'll probably cut it out <laughs>
2: Oh, come on. It's not hard. All right. So we're back. And. That version's easy, at least. I have to <clears throat> edit both my episodes of uh, Mediocre Trouble and the Big Easy. Which,
1: if you are a patron I love subscriber. The, name of that. Um, the episode 00 will be releasing uh, this Saturday with a couple other things if you're a patron subscriber. Uh, on top of that, um, we have something coming out pretty much every week for a while. Uh, Of course, everything's going to hit Patreon first, and after it's been on Patreon for a little bit, we'll switch it over live for everybody, uh, so you can get it first. And certain things, excuse me, are Patreon only, um, which we're working on right now, which we need to talk about some of that stuff later. Um,
2: So, of course, we're I We won't bore you guys with that.
1: No, you don't want to hear the boring details on that.
2: Unless you've got some ideas, throw ideas our way. We have a Facebook page. You should like it, you should follow it, and you should tell us ideas.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, we, we, we like feedback. Yes. But not, not the right. audio kind, right? I know, John was just going to say right that, too. Right part of me. <laughs> Yes. Good work, good work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so let me go and switch over to uh, the paint cam, and we'll start working on me. I'm still working on my Grimkin, uh, trying to get that done before we get started. Um, well, you kind
2: of need them for Mission Weekend, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, it's so not if I bring them or my K-Door. I'm not sure exactly what oh, I'm going to do. Oh, you might
2: change the K-Door right before Mission Weekend. Sh- Holy moly.
0: Oh, has the K-Door even been tested you in said battle? said it, not me. Well,
1: you're, you're not, not supposed me. to say it again, John. Jeez.
2: No, nah, you see, you're just playing mind games. I, I know your <laughs> game. You're playing mind
1: games. I play all the games. It's okay. <laughs> all the games. Merc,
2: so then you can play Mercs.
1: Yeah, you should just give me all your Mercs, and I'll play. My, I'll play Mercs. Um, so yeah, I just gotta work on uh, the rest of Grimkin because this stuff has to be painted uh, if I'm gonna use it. Do you want some red? Actually, I think one of our local players is either gonna switch to Grimkin or Rhett. Oh. And uh, what
0: crazy model is that?
1: Which one? This one on the table right in front of me.
0: The cage yeah, the rager. Big one. The cage rager. This
1: is the cage that goes on the cage rager.
0: I don't know anything about that.
1: Um, he's got dead people in these cages, and that kind of looks
0: like the cage from the GW giant, sort of like uh, Oh yeah, It yeah. was one of my favorite oh. bits from the Giants brew.
2: Oh god, I got to tell story time now. Story, story time, time, time before we get started. Time. Okay. So, the giant had been out for almost almost a year at this point. When at uh, uh, direct services at Games Workshop, which is what the mail order trolls became. At least the phone trolls. Um, We got a letter from a concerned customer. Yes, back when snail mail was still a thing. I'm old. Suck it. (laughs) And it said that they love our models. They're very cool. You know, all this, you know, lots of praise. And they're like, except for the new giant, we are upset because it has dead animals on it. Um, what? There is a dead cow on the giant fruit, and they are offended by that because they are vegans and they don't believe in killing animals. But they don't have a problem only, killing trolls. Only
0: killing humans in the most bloody way possible.
2: This is the letter. This is why people are crazy.
0: <laughs> people are crazy. And yeah. so it goes on for a bit
2: about that and how they will they, they want us to change the model so that it no longer has a dead cow on the sprue.
1: Yeah, they're not going to happen.
2: And they emailed direct services in the U.S. Not even the corporate office in Nottingham. Oh no, direct services in the U.S. And do you know how much power we have over this kind of thing?
1: Nothing. Zero. No, Crimson. I do not um, have so that paintbrush. Yeah,
2: so I came in and uh, it. After that, my uh, buddy Doug. I'm not going to use last name to protect the innocent and guilty. <laughs> uh, took his giant and. There's a big piece of masonry on a chain that's its flail. It's a very cool piece. Mm-hmm. He cut the masonry off the end of the flail and attached. Big the cow. cow.
0: <laughs> See, there are so many cool things you can do with all the bits on uh, the giant sprue. That's how I modified my uh, my war boss. Had a the best boss pole ever, and it was the uh, it was the signpost I- with the skeleton on it pointing. Only I put a. Uh, uh, Imperial Guardsman's helmet on it, and nice. cut off the signpost part, and yeah, it it really worked well.
2: That is what what I love about playing GW games again is conversions. You may not yes. have to do conversions, but you can, and since they're almost all plastic now, it's not hard.
0: No, super really- easy now.
2: This is a, this is one of those easy. Put together models from uh, uh was it Death Watch, whatever the Death Watch box set was, uh the it's overkill slippery. the game. No, they had an overkill game that was you know, Gene Steelers versus uh Deathwatch. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the models from them, he was a Raven Guard, he had light uh, no, he's the blood angel, he had a hand flamer and a sword, and like different head, different other arm. There, there are conversion abilities for these guys, and this is not a model that's supposed to lend itself to conversions because he's, you know, set to put together one way. But I found an extra sword for him. I really, really dig this model, and that's what I love about playing GW games right now. And it is something that, that with the competitive bent of uh, War Machine of Hordes, you can't do, and it's understandable. Yeah. Because you don't want to confuse somebody. Uh, being clear about what you're playing against is important. Especially with that game. Yeah, it, any game, it's important. War Machine Hordes, so much more so. Yeah. It is not a game where you can do the, I don't care what your stuff does, I'm just going to do my thing. Correct. And that's fine, because it's that's the way that game works. Some other games, you don't have to know beyond the basic idea of what's threatening, what your opponent's stuff does, or what how hard it is to kill. You just need to know, like, all right, how is it threat? What are the cool rules? What does it take to kill it? That's all you need to know in a lot of those GW games because they're going for basic. They don't want you to have to study every book, which is, it makes them great, great casual games. Because you don't need to know all that stuff. You're just like, I'm good. I have the basic what your stuff does. I can just send my unit over to murder you now. I just need to know what you do in the basic sense so I can know which unit I need to send to murder. Yeah. <laughs> War Machine you need to know so much more, because there's so much more to it. And honestly, uh, it's it's daunting.
0: Oh, oh, look out, Crimson's getting on the high horse. They say, you can do lots of conversions in War Machine. Uh, I find it a lot easier to tell the difference, and would much rather play against an army that is fully painted and has a bunch of cool conversions than a giant blob of black primer.
2: Well, let me see this from the heart, Crimson, nineteen. Preach it, brother.
1: Preach it. <laughs> the biggest problem with conversions of War Machine and is the ruling on how you'd have to do it. Um, Didn't
2: ClogCon do something? Like they oh,
1: did- can, we t- can we go off on a small little thing real quick before yeah, we get off out and on? Talk on to-
2: a thing about ClogCon. Yeah. I'm interested because I only heard they did something and now there's a problem and I, I want to know what this is from. Decide if I should be, decide where my rant should go.
1: Okay, so ClogCon happened this weekend, of course, Um, finishing up right now, I think, or no, it's over, Um, and I guess overseas, Black Industries, the Black Anchor stuff, is hard to get overseas right now, so it's really hard to get all the huge base-type stuff.
2: And expensive. And very, very expensive. And expensive. Yeah,
1: Um, which is understandable, Um, and so somebody fielded a boat they found and then put Styxus Raiders on it, and this boat is like a normal type toy boat that you would put like in the bathtub. Look,
0: okay, so not the scale, maybe.
1: No, hundred percent.
2: I know what this is going to.
1: And put three Styxus or four Styxus people on it, and cannons, and called it Scar Three. Huh. Job was um, good. And- and I guess the convention allowed it because it is almost near impossible to get that stuff get that stuff overseas. I'd which, allow it. Um, so there was a there, there's a big threat about it. There's a, a big hoopla. Um, if the TO says it's okay, it's okay. Um, and I understand why they're saying it's okay. It's not that the person doesn't have the model. The person can't get the model. Yep. Uh, yeah.
2: Not like, being able to get a model should never stop you from playing it. If it, let's say something like uh, who is it the, the Colby mechanic from the uh, Colby Sterling came out. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't get her because she was released in only a limited amount, and you know there's only that limited model at first, you should still be able to play her because it's a model in the game, and this game is about competitiveness.
1: Which, talking about that, if you find me at War Machine Weekend and you walk up to me and show me that you posted on our Facebook page that you got colby at War Machine Weekend with Gonzo, I will give you
2: a copy of the special edition one. You're killing me, Gonzo. I don't even have that model. <laughs> um, so do it, everyone. Post on our Facebook page. Get your cool model. I, um, even I only one.
1: have one. Here's the thing. I only have one because I gave the other one away on the podcast. Uh, Erica has graciously donated hers She got the reward for um, volunteering last year So if you find me at War Machine Weekend And you are the first person to find me And post a selfie and a Saying you got Colby at War Machine Weekend With Gonzo I will give you that model for free Awesome With the metallic card
2: Sweet so back to ClogCon, so so they let this go and people got their panties in a bunch?
1: Uh, a lot of people got their panties in a bunch um, because technically, per the steamroller packet, it is not a legal model, uh, so should not been able to been used. But I guess the TOs allowed it because they can't get those models overseas right now.
2: So everyone knows which my rant would take on this, and it is if you're upset about this, <clears throat> Fuck you. And the thing is, get over it. It's a game. Yes, it's competitive. You guys have a hard time getting that model. You should not make someone break the bank to get a model that the company making it has made difficult to get. Not through their own fault, just through the, just through how things import. Yeah, it's just the, the reality of how things import through country Sometimes it's hard to get the model. You need to make exceptions for that. Because if well, not, you're not playing against what your opponent wants to play. And how competitive is that?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. The TO said it was fine. He had every single weapon on the boat.
2: Yep. Sounds he cool. had
1: every single one of the models on there. And the <laughs> TO said okay. If the TO says it's okay, it's okay. That's As something... The TO is
2: final arbiter in everything. Yeah. Rules questions. If you can't show it in black and white to your TO that that's a rule... Whatever he says is law. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you're going to have to find it in print.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for, the, for for all intents and purposes, the TO said it was fine because of the reason behind what we discussed. And everybody else that they played against, from what I understand, were okay with it, too.
2: Because who wouldn't be? Yeah. Yeah. Literally. So, I love you guys. I love yeah. almost all you guys. Almost. Because you guys don't really care. You guys just want to play a game. Yeah. Even with the whole, you know, how competitive it is. You guys just want to play a good game. You guys embrace the spirit of what used to be Page 5. You want someone to bring their best game every time. And if that means they have to convert something that they can't get and make it look right so that you can play against it, that's their best game. You guys are good with that, and I love that. But the guys who are not good with it, you know, apparently most of them aren't there. They could definitely go fuck themselves. <laughs> Like I'm not going to pull punches. You guys are the problem. You need to go play chess. Yeah, but I mean, go play go. There are games for you guys. You guys are obviously more competitive than a miniatures game is going to function with.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the TO said it was okay. You can't do it now. Here's the difference: if he would have put Scar One on the base and said it was Scar Three, and it was only Scar One, that's misleading. Um, and I can understand no, not no, saying that's
2: that not fair a boat with scar on it. We all know what the on their purpose size base. We know what that is.
1: Correct. But I'm saying if he just put a scar and nothing else on there, no. not a boat or anything else, just oh, scar. Yeah,
2: no, if scar, no, honestly, a scar on a huge base. It's uncool. <sighs> I would be okay. Either way with that, if they allow, it, it's hard to get, or if they does allow it because you didn't actually try, I'm okay either with that. That is purely, I think yeah. To's discretion. Yeah. Uh, this, the TO, I think, did what we would call the right thing.
1: Yeah, He's like, no, we understand because they physically cannot get the model
2: there yeah, I mean, yet. Or at a cost that's worth it. Yeah. I mean, money is not an infinite thing. Trust me, I know. <laughs> we, so We have to look at that. So, yeah, there's Kalkan. And, you know, you know and, and if you guys have a problem with it and you want to discuss it with me in a reasonable format, and I swear I will not just throw F bombs at you. I'll happy to discuss it. <laughs> I will discuss anything with you guys. I would love to hear I like myself as a fairly overall level headed guy and willing to listen to both sides of a of a discussion and hear what your guy's side is. Yeah. But let's be honest, it's a game. Yeah. With with Toy Soldiers. Yeah. If you take it that seriously, there are games for you. They are much more competitive I suggest you look into them because that's probably what you're really looking for. Yeah.
1: So, just a little, a little thing. Um, okay. So, it was, it was an interesting topic. I, I watched it and was just reading things and stuff and there was, you know, there was some hate on both sides. So, I was like, eh, I'm not worried okay. about it.
2: And Xander Broderd says, really, now it only matters if you're going to stream the models. And actually, Boyle, it only matters if Privateer Press is going to stream the models. Correct. If we were there streaming stuff, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. We'd be like, oh, look at this guy's cool uh, conversion he made. Since he can't get Scar, you know, Scar Three over here. Yep. You know, it's hard to get. He couldn't afford. You know, it's too much money. Too hard to get. It, it, it actually is indicative of a bigger problem. But I'm not going to throw shade at PP about this because you I mean they're really doing the best they can with those models. They can't afford to have them sit on the shelves at stores. It hurts everyone, and it's hard to make things hard to ship things overseas at a cost-effective rate. It really is. Yeah, and I agree with him 1919. The best way to avoid this issue is make your conversion look as awesome and paint it up nice. Damn right. And,
0: you know, which is cool, but I recognize as somebody who's judged many uh, many Warhammer fantasy tournament armies that not everyone is capable of making a, a conversion look awesome and painting it up nice. But I, I, I give points for trying. Effort. Yeah. You- You
2: put effort in, you know, you, you put, I don't even care if you didn't ask anyone for help. If you put all the effort, you are personally able to put into a model, into a model, you gave it your all, you're going to get a high five, a good job and go to a boy because that's, that's all I can expect from anyone. Yeah.
0: And I have always, always liked the, uh, if the concept is really cool and maybe the execution doesn't win you best overall, you know, but I will always like a really good, uh, you know, concept. Even if it isn't you know, technically perfect
2: so, so my buddy Ed Framer took. He spent a lot of money years ago On making sea elves And he entered them in uh, A golden demon competition And now his painting style is very odd He's closer to uh, John Blanche than he is away from it And so he didn't win anything But they were like What the hell are you doing here And he's like I- I'm making something cool and inventive Some of the judges, this is back when GW had their people from the UK come over and judge it. Some of their judges didn't understand. They weren't really getting it. I think the only one who did was Jess Goodwin, because Jess Goodwin's a cool dude. But you you have to understand, people put effort into stuff. They went the extra mile to convert something cool. And, and, you know, look at that. I, I, I missed that from Hobbies, which is... I mean, Star Wars Legion, you can't get them from Star Wars Legion. There's only so much conversions you can get for
1: now. <laughs> until they make other... Models.
2: Until they make some cool stuff. I mean, when when you get some more generic stuff... Like, I got some Troopers. I'm sure you guys have seen them on my hobby streak. Troopers with alternate heads. I took off old WOTC models. Those are cool conversions. That's all you need. Just put a little effort into it. Looks cool. You know, there's some stuff you can do here or there, and, you know, but I, I miss a game with all the conversion possibility. Like, Age of Sigmar, I've been taking... Like, literally, I take One Piece models, and I'm like, can I make this a conversion? You know, or, or easy to put together models. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But I try.
0: Yeah. I have I converted my entire Blood Bowl team. I used to love converting stuff when I was playing Warhammer Fantasy and 40K and stuff. I never mm-hmm. wanted to leave a model, just be the plain, out-of-the-box model. Now, my time is a little more limited, and sometimes, like with the Gellerpox, I'm like, I don't really know about kill team. I haven't played a game of it yet. I don't know what the rules are, so I don't feel like I can do a conversion because, you know, I don't know what's what's what. At least with my Nurgle team, I already had a working knowledge of the rules of Blood Bowl, so I knew Big Hand is a great mutation to give one of my guys. Yep. You know, so I can convert him with, with the ridiculously big hand, you know, or give a guy extra heads because that was an another ability. mutation, Thing you, you can
2: do. so. So Gellerpox are, are cool because they are what they are. You don't need to convert them all. If anything, you would take a second set you may come across and convert them to become other things. But hmm. uh, in any case, uh, conversions, you know, conversions fit right into our theme of what you do in the winter. Because some <laughs> that's that's things you can do when you're sitting at home during the winter is you can convert some models. Yeah.
0: yeah, just mixing up some green stuff and um, filling learned... some gaps after you glue some ridiculous bit onto some other ridiculous model where it doesn't make sense until you actually throw some green stuff on it and push it around.
2: Don't be intimidated by green stuff, everyone. People are intimidated. It's easy. Put it together, put it in there, and then just follow the lines that come from the part before it.
0: Yeah, and follow I always lines of
2: the part a, after it.
0: I always keep a little bottle cap full of water on the table next to where I'm working, so that I can always stick my sculpting tools into the water and uh, you know, and go back to the surface, you know, because the green stuff is very sticky and it'll stick to your tools. and we yeah. all we all know that, and that's one of the things that people find very difficult to work with. but
1: like and there's some people that tools.
0: say, add a little add a little vaseline or add a little olive oil or something. I haven't actually tried that. I just use water and I, you know.
2: I've seen spit used; it was disgusting.
0: I've, yeah, I've seen that too. It was oh. on a
2: break room table at Games Workshop. Mm. But you know, hey, do what you do. You just, it you happens.
0: Wasn't,
2: yeah, you know, just do that. But uh, Alexander Royer said, you know, winter is a time to repair, repaint, and rest, yeah. and that's it. Um, I actually not being much in painting right now. I find winter is a horrible time to get my desk and be ready to paint because it's harder to spray prime, and that's where it becomes the big thing. With the weather changing, the colder temperatures, the moisture temperatures a lot of times, um, it's difficult to spray prime models.
0: That is why I... That actually is why before we got the airbrush, that's why Jim and I were brush-on priming everything. We Uh, had all this steinol-res primer, primer, which works just as good with a brush as it does with an airbrush. And, in fact, all these Gellerpox, I brush-on. Primed.
2: I, I can confirm uh, Even the Vallejo stuff works fine with a brush That's what I use yep. right now I don't have an airbrush
0: I, but it is, I, yep.
2: It's a good time to paint and Honestly, if you get that last good day That you're free you know That last good day of fall We had a decent one today Maybe a better one coming Go out and just spray a bunch of your stuff um, And so I have uh, My old buddy John Connor No, not the guy hunted by the Terminator yep. uh, An old GW guy Um He would take time and he would put his primer and his models all in the same environment, leave them there for a while so they become about the same temperature to help prevent prevent fuzzing. Uh, It's a trick you can do. It doesn't work with super cold temperatures because really you don't want to be spraying at super cold temperatures if you can help it. uh Uh, Those of you in the south, you know, you have a very limited uh, point where you can spray because you go from humid, you might have a little bit of fall, and then you become... You know, winter's still normal and a little wetter, so... You know, good luck. Which Played I just... Rush.
1: Yeah, I just recently um, went to my local store and I was like, Hey, I need you to pick up the Stonel Res black and white. Um, so I can prime indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've actually liked doing that more than the Rattle Can right now.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we got our airbrush and on Amazon they sell these little... Uh, these little, what do you call them? It's like a hood, Extractor you know, it's fans. like a, a ventilation. Yeah. yeah. So they've got this thing that you know, and it just fits right on your table, and you just put your thing in there and turn it on, and I know the exact one.
2: And, they have two yeah. at the local store. Al Marshall's got one. It's, it's great. pd has really got one. Really handy,
0: and yeah. you. I mean, you still want a ventilator mask for yourself if you're going to be doing a lot of priming, um, but. You don't have to go outside. You don't have to worry about fuzzing on your models. You know, and Steiner Res has a ton of different colors, from, varying from light colors to dark colors in the value. So if you want to do something dark that's not black, they have a dark brown, uh, they have a gray, they have a sort of a dusty rose color, which is weird, you think, but there are some other you can put some colors on top of that dusty rose that actually make it look cool. Mm-hmm. And there's a mid-range a mid a mid-range blue value. There's some lighter colors. It's They have a huge range of colors. They also have a metallic primer, which is like a silver metallic.
2: At some point, all you really need is something for the paint to adhere to. And yeah. the primer is designed to adhere to the model better. And then you adhere to the primer and, you know, Bob's your uncle, as they say. Yep.
1: Yeah, because that was, was something, because uh, I recently went by a local store and I said, hey, can you get this primer for me? And I'm like, <coughs> I have definitely enjoyed the priming from my airbrush more than anything right now. Um, I, it doesn't go on as gloopy, it's not as thick, it's got a nice thin coat. Um, the, the
2: art of spray can priming is actually an art. Yeah. Like, it requires actual skill. It's surprising and strange to hear that. It seems like I nah, just spray it. It's good. No, no, sir. There's a lot that goes into it, and airbrush is way easier. Yeah. Um, I, can and I it are easier. actually thinking about taking the extra one of the extra rooms and turning it into a quasi studio with an airbrush hood and all. We could put right in front of the window. Seems like would yeah. be a good idea.
1: Wait,
2: you're gonna try to paint? That was sort of the whole point of getting a desk. <laughs> I do actually paint. I have painted models. That is sort of the goal, to paint the models. I like to paint the models. <laughs> I, one cannot ex, one cannot just assemble models for 365 days, though and I'm then, going to try.
0: And then not prime them and paint them.
2: Exactly. Like So I actually did a little bit of painting during this whole thing a couple times at the local store. But I, I really want to start painting stuff because I don't want to just keep accumulating more and more models because <laughs> holy fuck, I have a lot of models. Yeah. Uh
0: huh.
1: Which, after I'm done painting these, I'm going to work on my Lord of the Rings stuff, put them together.
2: I really want to get um, some knights painted. Those are my first thing because I play 40K for the knights, everything else is just details. And uh, we got to paint Maximilian because Maximilian deserves paint, because he's he's the bestest doggo ever.
0: A dog.
2: Exactly. And I actually want to paint the rest of that crew, because, you know, they can play in 40K. I can run them around with my knights. It seems like it'd be fun.
0: And they are cool models.
2: They're very cool models. And uh, then we'll go from there. Uh, I've been keeping stuff to work with my knights and all. You know, we'll see what we can do. I have this idea of painting some catachins up in a sort of alien, you know, camos thing, because GW has those alien trees and all. I paint see those pink up in your alien similar.
0: camo, like purple or pink somewhere in that.
2: wasn't thinking of that, but um, I'll give it a good, I'll give it a thought because I'm going to paint up the uh, a batch of the trees first, see what they end up looking like, see what looks good for them, and then go and put those on, put that sort of camo scheme on the catechins, which reminds me I need to pick up Sly Marbo because they just re-released him and I want Sly oh, Marbo. Yes. Yeah, yeah I can see that they really, really released him already, which is good because I like Slime Marbo. He was always cool, and now he's actually terrifying. Also,
0: that is awesome. He wasn't the guy that could uh, have a squad come in on a different table edge, was he?
2: No, he always came in by himself and had to demo charge. And then we'd see him show up, blow up a tank, and then see if he could survive long enough to do anything else.
0: <laughs> okay, there was it was a different special. Uh, guy who had some ability for sneaking in undercover. I, it's been so long, though. It was a long yeah, time they ago.
2: changed rules so many times since then, like, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually, as as a fan of Iron Hand's Dragon, because Katachins are awesome because they're all Rambo. And the models yes. may not be great, but they're all Rambo, it's okay. Yeah. And there's some conversion ability in them because they're old, like I have done all sorts of special weapons with them, and, you know, just... Cut weapons out, like, all right, let's get rid of this flamer. Let's get this guy a uh, melt-a-gun or, you know, grenade launcher, whatever the hell I want. Steal, steal weapons from the other sprues and go.
1: What other, what other uh, painting things that we need to look at for uh, Winter winner, Kathy? I mean, I know, of course, we talk about priming and sealing because the ceiling is going to have to be the same way. But what I about there's, paints?
0: There's a lot of people that, uh, and I'm just mentioning this, there, there's a lot of people that are prepping their armies for Las Vegas open and Adepticon over the winter. And that's their, uh, their road to those conventions.
1: Hey Congo. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, especially if you have a big project, like I'm going to be working on certain things and I want to have it all painted up for a large convention, which I can't go to Adepticon this year, but if I was going to go to Adepticon, I'm not going to play my current standing War Machine army. I would start doing that now. Because, you know, especially if I'm going to be playing something brand new, like if I'm going to be playing plenty of time.
0: You want to give yourself time to practice, get some practice games in.
1: Of course, on top of that. But, I mean, there's a lot of things you have to worry about when it comes to getting your models ready. And this is the winter, especially if you're in a place that snows a lot and you can't drive everywhere. This is definitely... Uh, time to get that going and make sure it's done.
2: Mm-hmm. Because it's a good time to start planning the convention season for next year.
1: Yep. Looking at your budget, too.
2: Yep. How Look much can budget. you? What, what do you think you can do? Um, figure out you know what outstanding things you expect to do, because yep. it's about the time you'll you'll start noticing if your vehicle needs to be get some work and all, too, because winter is a good time to get some stuff done.
1: Well, and is there, Xander uh, brought up a good thing, uh, burnout time. I know that after War Machine weekend, I really don't feel like playing any War Machine games. Because I'm either A, running a ton of War Machine events, or playing a ton of War Machine events. And I'm like, I'm kind of burnt out right now, and I need to play something else. And so I've got games. I've got uh, Lord of the Rings lined up. I've got Age of Sigmar lined up. Um, I kind of want to get, after this kill team besides the Lord of the Rings done, uh, a Gasland campaign done. Um,
0: Oh, yeah. Which,
1: if anybody knows what Gasland is, it's the... um, You take Hot Wheels and Mad Max them up and you race them around, and I'd like to do a a circuit thing with that, and that would be pretty freaking cool.
0: That would be cool, yeah. They're doing a demo of uh, Fallout at our local game store. uh, (laughs) Next week, I think.
2: Uh Uh-oh. I know Congo's ears just parked up. He heard Fallout. Yeah, so
0: they have Fallout there, and... And last week, the uh, the owner of the store was putting his together. I suppose that was for uh, for demos. and Probably. You know,
2: so yeah. that'll,
0: that'll be interesting.
2: It's good to note that it, as an event organizer, the holidays are the time to do one-off events, not campaigns. Because <clears throat> a lot of people go away for Thanksgiving and or Christmas, and mm-hmm. you'll lose them for some weeks. So, like right now, it'd be a great time to start an event as far as nothing going on, but... A lot of people wouldn't make it to the whole event, so be careful with that. Yeah, yeah
0: My friend used to do a one-day uh, fantasy tournament called the Fluffy Bunny Tournament. And it was a tournament where you donate food and no one takes themselves seriously.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's all just about, you know, he, he comes up with these, like each game is some ridiculous, crazy, uh, fluffy uh, camp, not campaign, but it's scenario, mm-hmm. you know. And so you have to follow these whatever wacky things he has set. But it, it's it's very much not serious, and is it, always a lot of fun.
2: It sounds like it's, a food machine type thing. Yeah, I'd say it's 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 food machine time. Also, um, uh, Devil Squid used to run his uh, Winter War Machine tournament where the entry was a couple bucks for the store, and then a wrapped uh War Machine model of certain value or higher. Uh, and it was sort of like a white elephant for the prizes. You'd go in reverse order. Everyone would grab something, and you either keep it, or either, you know, when you go, you either take something from someone who went already and let them go pull a, pro- a present, or you uh, go get a random one. Oh, so
1: Dirty Santa style?
2: Well, yeah, white elephant. Yeah, that's what of thing. saying.
1: We call him Dirty uh, Santa.
2: The, the one I remember, I won, and uh, as winner, I went up. Uh, one of the kids had gotten something really liked. Someone took it from him, so I took that from the other guy, said, pick the other prize, and handed it back to the kid and said, there you go, kid.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> because you don't do that. If someone's excited for something, you let them keep it. Especially Crimson, if it's a kid.
0: Crimson says, do a secret Santa for painted models. And I've seen groups do that, too. Mm-hmm. That can be fun amongst a painting group. Yeah. And then yeah. Xander also said, uh, "Painting terrain is a good thing to do in the off season." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
2: So I mean, if Gonzo hadn't painted all that terrain earlier, he could do that. But I haven't painted. I'm anything sure else.
0: there's more terrain that can be painted. I'm still working there on that kill team. Here.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I got. I still have kill team terrain to assemble. I've got the one piece I put together. I'm actually going to have El Marshall work up uh, some add-on parts for it with his 3D printer. Uh, cause I want it to look cooler and then, uh, plan on buying some more cause I want to be able to play games local, you know, in the house.
1: Yep. Yeah. A lot of planning time is good. Uh, a lot of building, a lot of taking the chill, um, hanging out at friends places, especially if you live near, you know, if you're, if you're driving an hour to go to the game store, but you can go like 20 minutes to your friend's house, especially maybe a little bit safer. Um, that's not a bad idea. Mm hmm. Um, which is always good, hanging out with your friends, and especially if you get. I have like I have a folding travel table that I can take with me wherever I want to go, so I I can take that.
2: I think my uh, four by six will fit in the car. I mean, not in the trunk. Nothing fits in the trunk right now.
0: (laughs) I know Jim always takes models to prep wherever wherever it is that we go. In fact, Halloween we're going over to our friend's house to to just get out of the city because. You know, when when you work out of your house and people start ringing the doorbell at one o'clock in the afternoon and don't stop until nine o'clock at night, it's very difficult to get work done.
2: Very difficult, I would say. Absolutely. Um, that's why we don't turn the light on here and we're just going to chill and I'm going to be up here watching uh, watching some videos. Got to yeah. have my playlist of Music videos I need to see, which include like Thriller and Ghostbusters and The Monster Mash and stuff like that.
0: So we'll <laughs> be going over to our friend's house, Rules of summer, London, and watching Hocus Pocus and Cabin in the Woods and you know, awesome. The usual stuff, but Jim will be bringing stuff to prep. Oh, I may bring stuff to prep too, but I might end up playing card games. <laughs>
2: Just give the kids each a Space Marine. That is cruel and unusual punishment because then, you know, they're going to want more. Well,
1: I mean, Kathy brings up a a good thing is going out to hang out with your friends to do stuff. Um, There's a lot of times you can you don't have to, you know, bring a bunch of stuff. You can bring card games. I know I keep a couple of small card games with me at all times
2: in my car. Winter weekends are great for uh, board games, too. Yeah.
0: I have a deck of card in my bag at all times, just in yep. case.
2: You got to play some hearts.
0: I actually, we were we were waiting for some other people to finish their board game before we started playing Zombie Side, and uh, so I whipped out my cards and we just played war.
2: <laughs> I mean, just two people, <laughs> war works. Yep.
0: I hadn't played war in uh, in forever, but it was very silly.
2: I haven't played war since magic was invented. Ooh, Shadow Fist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Bane and I both have a bunch of Shadow Fist cards. Uh, uh, Not Brushhead Dave also has a ton of Shadow Fist cards, and he apparently broke them out after I mentioned we were looking at them and they're starting to work on them again. So, uh, And that game actually is apparently still going somehow.
0: I don't know what Shadow Fist is. Who makes it?
2: Uh, I don't know right now. Uh, It was originally Daedalus Entertainment. They're defunct. Then... Uh, Zev from Z-Man Games grabbed him and was doing some stuff for him for a while and then they went somewhere else. Or maybe Zev left, I don't remember. Hmm. If only I had a magical thing I could An
0: oracle that you could ask that would uh, give you many answers.
1: But I mean, bringing out stuff like that, games you haven't played in a while, especially smaller games, is really good for the winter time. Uh, to hang out with friends and stuff. Um, you can get plenty of that stuff done um especially things that you miss playing you're like oh man that used to be a cool game why don't we play it and you can bring out small stuff to do that um and there's nothing wrong with doing smaller stuff
0: so i just joined a an online league for age of sigmar champions the Uh new card game
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh some some guys are running an online league that started starts tomorrow actually uh and it just runs through the end of November, and so it's four weeks, and all you do is play three games against other people who are in the league each week. And I'm like, I can play three games a week in, in casual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely can do that. And if you get enough points, you get into the raffle for uh, a, a booster box of the next wave of cards that's Ooh. coming out at... Like, the end of November, early December.
1: A whole booster box?
0: A whole box. Yeah. Money. Right before
2: Christmas, that's a Dirty Pool.
0: Yeah. Ha 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 ha. So, everybody everybody who's in that community is pretty excited about that. and cool. It'll be fun to get some games in with some uh, some
2: mm-hmm. other people
0: besides just random casual games.
2: Hey, it's a good time to get a lot of stuff done. Um... You know, if you get some weekend like those long, you know, weekends occasionally, or those long times off, if you take them, good time for some role playing. If you can get a crew together. Uh, since a lot of people have holidays off, it's a good time to get that crew that can't normally all get together at once and play a good one shot. Yeah,
0: we're planning to do that for. Uh, some friends of ours are doing that for D and D Saturday after Thanksgiving.
2: Boom! There yeah. you go. So
1: I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff to do. You just got to figure out where to do it and how to and who to do it with because you're where the people that are housebound are going to have to stay housebound. Are you
0: sure that I goes to it, Yep. The people that have, have kids are, are the most housebound and we're we don't have kids. So we're happy to go over to to their house always. Yeah. To, you know, if mm-hmm. they've got kids and, and it's hard for them to get around, absolutely. I'm going to, you know, go over to their house and not make them come over to my house.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have one uh, one of the overall crew has small child, and uh, I've been willing to go over to his house occasionally it turns out I'm not as allergic to cats as I thought, and uh, <laughs> hang out and do stuff. Just need to plan better.
1: Well, also Xander just said, you know, he's sitting there saying that the off con season isn't really off for some people because they're working on it. Yeah,
0: um, don't you? <clears throat> don't we know it? Because yeah.
2: let's be honest, November is War Machine weekend, and then. February is Captain Con in the old uh, uh, the old spot that that other con used to take, and my brain just stopped.
0: Is that in New England, Captain Con? Yes. Okay.
2: What was the other one, Gonzo?
1: Same. Las Vegas Open is really soon too, and Las Vegas Open. Las Vegas
0: Open is in February. Gary Con is a small gaming convention in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which uh, of course is sort of a. a throwback to uh, the early gencon
2: big it's a big war machine con it was in february every year in rhode island they moved to the middle of the year temple
0: con
2: Cap- temple con thank you Kathy. yeah,
1: yeah. had me I had no clue yeah but i mean there's you know there's people those people are still working on their conventions and getting everything said and make sure everything is done correctly cuz it takes a lot of work to do that stuff
0: it does. And Xander's asking Adepticon That's at the end of March yeah. Or mid mid to late March I don't remember the day. Yeah, which
1: I can't go because y'all changed the day The week that it was on Aw, that's
0: so sad
1: Yeah, because it was during all my spring break time So I could go no matter what And this year it's the week before spring break So I'm
2: like, well, poop Well, can't I'm not going to taunt Gonzo by saying I could probably go and say I can't go
0: March 27th to the 31st
1: so that's the one that I can't go to but I'm thinking about maybe going to Gen Con if I can find a good room with somebody and so on and so forth because I can drive out there I ain't got a problem with that
2: if you can drive it that sounds good I'm not going to Gen Con just because (laughs) it's expensive as shit
0: too many people
2: Oh, I mean I'm a 300 pound guy there are not too many people I, I make my way through crowds easily
0: Yeah, I've had people try that on me.
2: Oh, I try not to do that, but if people aren't going to (laughs) move, they aren't
0: going to move. They're going to move. (laughs) Yeah, I've been standing at the edge of a booth last year, looking at a rack of books. You know, and I'm only like a foot away from this rack of books. I'm not like out in the middle of the aisle staring at things, and then somebody just like gently backed into me enough to like push me into this rack of books. And then just like walked off, and I'm like, "Well, that was weird," and didn't say "excuse me" or, or anything. Weird.
2: Yeah, it's weird. It's <clears throat> people need to look at that stuff more. But you know, but Gen Con doesn't seem like my kind of con. Um, it's it very. <sighs> God, this sounds very. I'm gonna sound hipster and terrible. It's very fucking mainstream. <laughs> it is not. It's not what I want. I want to hang out with my buddies, have a good time. Yeah, mid to large size. War Machine weekend when I went was great. It's about the size I want. Maybe a little larger.
0: Origins is fun for that. Yeah, although I, they don't have a ton of war game. I went uh, to Origins yeah.
2: uh, twice. Once it was in Baltimore. Once it was in Philly. Back when it used to move. Now,
1: I like Gen Con for the vendor because there's some people that are there just trying to get their product out. And it's nice to sit and talk with them and get new product and see new stuff.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's
0: what I like about it, too. And I was talking to somebody just last night who used to go to Gen Con all the time when it was smaller. And I'm like, and he's thinking about going again. And I'm like, I, I've been to conventions. I've seen all the things that are at the front of the exhibitors hall. I know what Paizo offers. Yeah. You know, I know what, you know, the, the Catan stuff is about. I know what Fantasy Flight Games is doing. I know what Cool Mini or Not is doing. I know what all these people are doing. Yeah. You know, so I'm hoofing it immediately. As soon as I get in there, I'm hoofing it all the way to the back end where the entrepreneur's alley is. Mm-hmm. Because those are the people that have things I've never seen. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Games that they just brought out and they're trying to get, you know, get the word out and trying to get bigger and i'm like i want those guys
0: yeah oh, so those are the any most...
2: con? because anyone who's local.com is going to try and show up
0: yeah those are the most interesting things are the the entrepreneurs that are just trying to to get their new game made oh,
2: absolutely Ooh.
1: sorry saw something i was like what was. What time is it it is four minutes till let's go and switch over to media section and we'll oh, get okay. our stuff going Da media section, it's the media time, media time, where we talk about random bullshit, media Not time.
0: entirely random bullshit. Okay.
1: Quasi-random. Quasi-random. Um, I have roughly three things to talk about. John?
0: I, I have
2: nothing. Uh, did I talk about replacement killers last week? No. no. I, know, I didn't?
0: I don't think so. Yes, you did. Wait, what okay. was it about? I did.
2: It was uh, Chow Yun-Fat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Now. Yes. Okay, yes. good. Then I have two things to talk about. Okay. I couldn't remember. It was still my DVD player. I'm like, did I talk about this last <laughs> week? <laughs> I don't even remember. I must have been drunk.
1: Yep. I was. You were. As always.
2: As well, always. You know. so. yeah, this drink's maybe a bit too aggressive for me.
1: <laughs> uh, I would guess I will go with my first one. Um, and it is a media review of the game, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm going to run a video game because I played the entire crap out of it yesterday. Finished the main storyline. Um, but did had,
2: you do it in a corgi onesie?
1: No, I did it in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Um, and that was it.
2: It doesn't count until you do it in a corgi onesie, apparently.
1: <laughs> uh, and so, um... I did that, and I went through the entire story mode. Um, Let's just say this game has a crap ton of things to do. Even though you may have gotten through the entire game story-wise, you probably have about 40 more hours of gameplay minimum to do things in there. Um, There is a ton of stuff to do in this game widely widely too many things to do i look at it and i'm like there is no way that i'm gonna be able to get through all of this so i'm gonna get through the story and then trade it in because red dead 2 came out and i need that more than anything um
2: wait you don't have it already
1: i don't have it i always i have a policy for myself that if i'm playing a video game are
2: upset with you
1: yeah my thing is is if I have a game and I'm playing it. I beat it first before I go and trade it in and just get a few bucks back on it because I just need that to happen. That way it saves me money. Don't have to, you know, blow a whole bunch of money. Um, But I played through the entire story setting of uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, A lot of the side stuff you should still do because it opens up the story, tells about different things. Um, The game is really cool. Uh the setting is of course in Greece between Spartan and Athenians, uh the battle between them. Um it has a lot of named characters, Socrates, Hippocrates, you know, all that stuff. Uh you meet all those hist- you meet a ton of historical figures, uh which is really cool. Um but I was kind of let down are by we, the ending.
0: Are we buffering again?
1: No. Maybe it's
0: just me.
2: And why is there no chat? I mean,
1: nobody has said anything. No,
0: oh. I mean, I I'm buffering. So oh, okay. Could just be
1: me. Yeah, could be. But I mean, for the most part, it was really, really solid, um, except for the final part of the game. The problem I had with the end of the game was it was kind of a letdown. I was like expecting more to the story, and I'm like, at the end of the single player, there, it just kind of keeps going. Like, all right, you got them. Yay. You need to make sure you do this other stuff that are not part of the main story. I get it. I understand. Which lets me still play the rest of the game. But I wanted more closure for the ending story. Um, but uh, great graphics. Uh, really cool fighting things. Nothing is more fun than fighting a bunch of bad guys on the edge of a cliff and Spartan kicking their ass off. Um
2: this is Sparta,
1: and I said that quite a few times. As I was always kicking people off the edge. Um, I, I see that video. Some of it sounds like a typical um, Assassin's Creed. The funny thing is, is some of the side stuff you do opens up more of the history of the alien part of Assassin's Creed. Which I was like, really, that's cool. I want to know about this. I really kind of want an ending to the Assassin's Creed story. Uh, you can do other stuff, but I want you know, I want more stuff. Uh, the more of the background stuff of why things are like this and who they were and blah blah blah. Um, it was good. I would probably give it one Space Herpes if it's not your thing. Uh, one Space Herpes as a Assassin's Creed game. Two to two and a half if you don't like Assassin's Creed games because this is a long fucking game. Um, I can't wait for the next one, which I believe they're going to be doing Feudal Japan or possibly, you know, having ninjas. And Samurai, I don't know. They're kind of hinted about that, which I think would be an incredibly awesome use of it. So, I give it one space or piece. So, John, whatever you're doing next. I got to drink uh, some water.
2: we'll do them in reverse order. Uh, uh, even though I'm going to review this on the minis and movies here in about three episodes or so, I, I, I bought it and watched it today. Um, that would be Expendables 3. The reason I bought it and watched it because I found a video a guy made on uh, YouTube of it. Uh, clips from all three movies set the music. And it was so much better than the movies were. But I felt like I needed to watch the movies. And so I didn't know Expendables 3 and Bane and I were sitting there. I'm like, what the hell? I'll just buy this and watch it. And Expendables 3 is easily the best one in that series. Easily. Um, it fits a lot of good stuff into its running time. It's not perfect. Um, it's very enjoyable. Uh, I love the whole, I love all the new characters they add on for the most part. I mean, some of them don't do too much, but they're all at least interesting. Uh, every character has a couple moments that they get to shine, which is impressive with the cast this big. I mean, cause you've got all the original, you know, five expendables or six expendables doing math two, three, four, five, five. five, five. I mean, yin yang shows up for a little bit. Uh, They do a lot more with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is good. Um, Overall, it's just a really enjoyable, fun action movie. Uh, Mel Gibson's a great villain. Um, I I enjoy the crap of it. I think Antonio Banderas sort of steals the scene most of the times he's in it, even if he is somewhat obnoxious at certain points. (laughs) But, man, I I do really enjoy the movie. I'm glad I got it. Um, Surprisingly, it's actually... You can only get it on DVD or Blu-ray if you buy a three-pack, so I just bought it through Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm going to do a more in-depth review of it for Minis and Movies, but I like it. I give it uh, one and a half space herpes. It's not quite to a two, but it is uh, not quite down to a one. (laughs) Yeah, Crimson, 1919. Mel Gibson is a great villain. He also plays one in the movie. Yep, no Xander. There are no Mel Gibson jokes, no Chuck Norris jokes in this one. That's two. And I'll get to that later, but that's sort of the falling, failing of that movie. I feel like this movie sort of hit it all right. You know, they had they had the whole thing where they are like he's worried all his friends are gonna get killed, so he's like, "We're done." He gets new people he doesn't care about. They get captured. He ends up caring about them, and having to go in and rescue them because that's that's who or Stallone's character is, and just enjoyable. I mean, the ending of the movie, the last—I don't know how long—but the whole last bit of it is one giant fight that's just cool. everyone gets to do stuff uh, maybe a little weighted towards the name guys you know a little more Jason Statham Uh, Wesley Snipes is also a great addition to it he's amusing Jason Statham's always cool Uh, it's just fun action movie it's this is more of an 80s 90s throwback than the other two were and enjoyable like I said uh, one and a half space herpes check it out if you haven't seen it you do not necessarily need to see the first two but it wouldn't hurt so, there you go. Uh, Kathy, you said you got nothing?
0: Um, yeah, and it's just probably for the best because um, my internet is just having a meltdown right here for some reason. I don't even know how I'm still on Skype. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Gonzo, uh, hit us then. I,
1: <coughs> sorry, I, <coughs> hold on. <coughs> sorry about that. I um, finished all of Daredevil Uh, I only had like three episodes left Um, Netflix Daredevil of course Um, Finished it up And the last three episodes were really good Um, Overall um, All of the um, Cast had much bigger roles this season Um, Foggy just wasn't there um, everybody just wasn't there. Everybody had roles to play and things to do, and you know, were, were relevant to um, this story. Um I really dug that, you know, they had the original Daredevil suit, and then, of course he has his Frank Miller suit, uh, which is the black suit. Um, it fit really well. Uh, I'm glad Kingpin was back. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. we'd said it last time. Um, that plays Kingpin, but I really liked him in the series.
2: Vincent D'Affrio? Yes.
1: Uh, he was really, really good. He plays that role really well. well. Um, really like him a lot in that. Um, what's weird is, as I'm watching it, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, they got Daredevil and, you know, it's the end of the season. And I'm like, they could have just ended the series right then and there and it would have been just fine. Um. So, I, I was like, Are they going to stop and not make another one because Disney, Marvel, take over their own streaming service?
2: It's possible.
1: I'm Um, like, hmm, that's that's a good possibility.
2: I heard good things about Joanna Whaley in it. Then she plays Sister Maggie.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And, I mean, I've liked Joanna Whaley since, you know, Willow. And then she was also in Navy Seals, as funny as that is.
1: No, yeah, she was really good. She has some good lines in there. um, Some really good funny bits. I really liked her in there. She was uh, solid. Um but I mean, overall, it was really, really good. Uh, zero space harpies for me. Um, mm-hmm. Well worth the watch. Well worth it. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, the definitely, um, I would like more. But I understand that something could come up, and they may not because it's you know, you know, it's the Disney streaming thing. They may not do it. I don't know.
2: But, yeah, it depends on the contract. I, I mean, obviously, none of us know what the contract looks like. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Either, either way, it was really good, really solid. I'd give it zero space herpes. Um, if you like season one, season two, you'll definitely like season three. I think it's the better of all the seasons. Uh, one still has a special place just because it's was done really well. It's the first, but it's definitely better, in my opinion, than the second season. Yeah. Um, the character Bullseye was really cool. I don't know the full history on Bullseye. So uh, much better than the uh, the movie.
2: So to be fair, I actually enjoy the movie. I don't think it's good by any stretch, but I enjoy it. Uh, I, so I watched uh, a little spoiler for Minis and Movies 25. I watched Paycheck, which stars Ben Affleck. And woo, he is not great in that fucking movie. He is way better in Daredevil. <laughs> that was one of the thoughts that occurred to me. I'm like, this was back before he had his. I don't know what happened that taught Ben Affleck how to act, but suddenly it happened. He started acting. And
1: <laughs> but I mean, but it, it was not there. Uh, the Bullseye character was really cool, really neat, really creepy. Uh, definitely uh, a new. I don't know. I don't know his history in the comics. I just know who he is. Um, but it was really cool. Uh, I liked what he did and how how everything was done. Kind of plays. There's some really oh shit moments. You're like, oh, well, shit. Yep, they just did that. So, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff with it. I highly recommend it. Awesome.
0: Okay, cool. I did actually watch a show. (laughs)
2: uh, What uh, foreign police drama did you see?
0: Uh, well, nothing new that I haven't already talked about. No, but Abbott and Costello uh, meet Frankenstein. Oh, my gosh. Was oh, on. Yeah, so, you know, and I'm a sucker for those. So that was cool. It had uh, Bela Lugosi's Dracula and, uh, you know, all the cast of characters. Lon Chaney's werewolf was in it. So <laughs> that's always cool. But I don't really have a huge review for it. I mean,. I'd maybe take a couple shots of Kraken. It's just so silly. <laughs> Wait, Space Herpes? Yes. Yeah, two Space Herpes. <laughs> but totally worth it. That
2: was actually, actually Blonde Cheney Jr. also. Impressive.
0: Yeah.
1: So, John, what was your last one?
2: Uh, my last one was. Um... A Jean Claude Van Damme movie, uh, Lionheart. Oh my gosh! Um, well, it's better and worse than you remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's better because literally it is a bunch of action scenes put together with the thinnest but very perfunctory plot, uh, very work, very workmanlike plot of he needs to make money for his uh, brother's family because his brother was doing drug deals and he was basically doused in gasoline and lit on fire because apparently in LA that's how gangs work. They sell you sugar instead of cocaine and light you on fire when you find out. (laughs) Even though they outnumbered him like 12 to 1 because he had no backup and no one watching him and they could have just beat him up and left him. I don't really know. But aside from that the rest of it makes well It doesn't really make sense. But it makes more (laughs) sense than that. Uh, Because the idea is Jean-Claude Van Damme is in the French Foreign Legion. And apparently the French Foreign Legion isn't like any other military organization. They don't tell you when people call or need to get in touch with you. They just let you do your bullshit and don't, don't want you going. They don't give you leave or anything. Which from what I understand is absolutely not true at all. But... Hey, it makes for a good movie, and let's be honest, no one really knows what the French Lord Legion is, unless you Google it. I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the they, one where they wear the funny hats.
2: They wear the hats, yes. And the French Lord Legion is actually an organization of non-French who wish to fight basically for the French army.
0: Hence the foreign.
2: Yep. And they just spent a lot of time protecting them back in the... Uh, Expansionist age, let's say, from you know their colonial territories and all, and not actually mainland France. But so they don't tell him that you know his brother had been trying to contact him, his sister in law been trying to contact him. So he beats up some guys and leaves because he's Jean Claude Van Damme, and that's what he does when they don't let him. And and honestly, it was the most heavy handed bullshit ever. They're like, let's just throw him in the because he's basically being a dick to them because they're being huge assholes. You know, like, let's throw him in the sweat box. So he's not gonna <laughs> let that happen. Beats up a couple guys, steals a jeep, drives off, they drive after him, and then they come back going, Well, we can't find him. We don't know where he went. And then he makes his way into a ship, has to beat up the head of the ship because he lied to him. He was like, You said you were going to LA. And this is New York. I can tell it's New York because uh ah, rest in peace. Twin Towers. <laughs> so he makes his way onto shore in New York. By diving into the water, of course, and swimming. And comes upon a street fight. And, of course, you know, he's joined claude of He whoops ass, so he gets in on the street fight. And the guy running it, uh, black guy, very amusing. Sees some uh, merit in him, the way he whooped ass. So they split money, and he's like, Oh, let me help you get what you want to get. I, can, I got some people who can get you more money. Maybe to help you get to L.A., So they they sort of get in, and he talks to the the nicely dressed people who apparently have this much more posh and lucrative street fighting ring going on. (laughs) And they never explain what they do. It's just got, um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name Brian Thompson, I think it is. He was the bad guy in Cobra. He's been in a ton of movies. You would recognize him. (laughs) And then some woman who Uh walks the line between Skank and... uh, Businesswoman very well because it's the eighties, early it's the late eighties, early nineties and she
0: Skank and businesswoman do kind of go together in the late eighties, early nineties. It's all about the big hair and the shoulder pads and the mini skirts.
2: Boom. That's that...
0: <laughs> and I didn't even see it.
2: So they get them involved in a fight and he's like, I just needed this money to give to my family and get to LA. I don't want to fight anymore. So he and the black guy go to LA. His family wants nothing to do with them because she hates him because plot. Bullshit. And Basically, he, he gets more fights. They convince him to fight more to get money for his family, the French forward legions watching him there, because of course they can send two French Foreign legionnaires to America to watch him and forcibly deport him, because that's how laws work, right? <laughs> right? Oh, yeah.
0: sure. Right?
2: Uh, so, basically, it's just a bunch of fight scenes strung together, but the plot is perfectly serviceable. If you are willing to forgive the Forgivable, <laughs> but it's, it's a plot—it's fine. Obviously, the, the the skanky businesswoman is trying to, to hit on him, wants him, you know, sexually. In addition to him fighting for her, but he says no, of course, because it's Jean Claude Van Damme. he doesn't go for that shit. And it, it's not heartwarming, though. It does have some cool moments, like okay, cool—he's reuniting with his with his family. He's he's te- taking care of him. It's good. He and this uh, this black guy who becomes this sort of manager. That guy's like, hey, look, they used me up and, and kicked me to the side. I don't want that to happen to you. I'm trying to help them. In the hands of more competent people, this would have been a very good movie. Uh, not quite a Rocky, but could have been in that that uh, area. But it ended up just being another another disposable Jean-Claude Van Damme action movie. Uh, it's not punch bad. Fast. Yeah, Mediocre Punch-Fest. The fight, none of the fights are that amazing. Uh, they're all okay. Um, I really prefer Bloodsport. If you want a punch fest, Bloodsport mm-hmm. is much cooler, much tighter story. I can't believe those words came out of my mouth. <laughs> but uh, there you go. I would say it is uh it is half a Bloodsport, uh, zero Casablancas,
1: <laughs> zero Casablancas. Uh,
2: it is a full two and a half space herpes. It is the definition of an average action movie. This and is one still of those one. Better ones you than go.
0: Atlantic Rim.
2: Well, no shit. I've not seen anything put to film that is worse than Atlantic Rim yet, and I don't think I want to. Manos, <laughs> to the Hands of Fate probably wins, but the only time I see that, you've got the the bots and all making fun of it, and it makes it better. Yeah.
0: Oh, and if you want us to watch any film that you think is shittier than Atlantic Rim, go to our Patreon. Don't do
2: this to me, please. <laughs>
0: I, Go to our Patreon and pay us to watch it and review it for you.
2: Yeah, you could do that. I don't. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I've actually been going, uh, I'm doing a thing in Minis and Movies where I'm just going to watch all three Expendables movies in order and review them. I've got actual benchmarks now that I'm reviewing on. Uh, I've decided just watching random shit movies, just hurting my soul occasionally. If you guys request it, I will actually watch it. I will do my best. If I've requested, it's free. I will watch it, but try not to hurt my soul. Please. <laughs> Gonzo, save us.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, this last week, um, hung out with a friend, I hung out with Erica, and we watched um, Blade 2.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. I which, like the Blade movies. Which I no, was originally thinking
1: that, that it was Blade 3 with Ryan Reynolds because that show that one always stuck with me because there's a scene in there where Ryan Reynolds gets uh tortured, beat up and stuff and he's on the ground and he's doing his wide cracking jokes and I remember when I originally saw that, you're like, Man, he would make a good Daredevil if they ever made a Daredevil. I mean not Daredevil uh Deadpool. And I said Daredevil too whenever I was at at the store there. Uh I was like he would make a really good Deadpool if they ever made a Deadpool movie and voila here we are. That's funny. Um which I thought that was
2: funny because ryan reynolds can actually pull a full role have you seen uh smoking aces yes
1: yeah he's He's, good he's
2: he's good in that that's a shit and dribble movie might have to review that soon
1: um and so i thought that was it and i went oh no it's blade three so we watched blade two um you know it it wasn't bad but i mean i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like man is this cheesy as
2: fuck it is not even um guy what's his name the guy plays hellboy can save it, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. I'm mean, Ron Perlman. Can save it. Uh, it has some good moments. Uh, by memory, they didn't need to bring Chris Christopherson back. That was completely unfucking necessary. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I'm just sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm like, wow, this was considered a good superhero movie back in the day, yeah. and I'm like, this movie,
2: our standards were lower, Gonzo.
1: Way uh, Gonzo. lower. Way way lower. Um. The special However, effects has not...
2: 3 did okay in the theater.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it it really... The special effects were definitely showing its wear. Um, for uh, <laughs> the leaping around and jumping through the air and stuff. I was like, whew. Yeah, that's bad.
2: There's, there's a core of an interesting movie here where vampires being preyed upon by even weirder and more powerful vampires. Yeah. Which is cool. But, like... They didn't know what to do. With this. this was back in the '90s when they, and really, they had no fucking idea what to do with the sequel except continue to ramp it up.
1: Yeah, and they tried to ramp it up, and it didn't ramp up very well either. On top of that,
2: it it, it is the Batman Returns to Batman that uh, Blade Two is that delayed? Yeah, where this went, what the actual hell is going on?
1: Um, but I mean, it was it, yeah, because it has a cool story, you know, vampires feeding, you know. Mutant vampires feeding on vampires, though, so that's the reason why they have to get Blade to do it. And you know what's going to happen. It's all kind of common sense. Um, and you know, they're going to betray
2: him at some point where they think they're going to win. But yeah. it, it's a it, core it, of a story. It just it is less than some of its parts. Yeah.
1: Um, it was, like I said, it showed its wear. It did not age well. Yeah. Um, there were plenty of times I was like, Oh yeah, that was kind of cool. I remember that. And it had some decent lines, which I think was amazing. It had Norman Reedus in it, which you know, he's yep. a very young version of him.
2: Very young.
1: Uh, which I thought was interesting. I totally forgot that he was in there. Um, but I still liked it. Uh, it, was, it was okay. It didn't uh, have
2: as good a line as the first one, though.
1: No. Um,
2: Always some motherfucker trying to ice skate uphill. Yeah. That That's a deep line. <laughs> laugh it actually is deep Actually, actually think that's good philosophy
1: um, wow. but i mean overall i mean it wasn't bad i would give it, <laughs> it and i'm pushing good yeah like this but i'm pushing two space herpes with it just because you have to realize what it's time true. period
2: i would probably give it two and a half to three myself i i, I can see two, two and a half, half to be fair yeah
1: uh, special effects are outdated. You can definitely see it. You're definitely going, ooh, wow. So,
2: nostalgia uh-huh. memory has me giving it two and a half shots of Kraken, which means I don't want to watch it again because it'd probably be worse. <laughs> <I laughs> they tried I mean, to have a love interest for Blade. That didn't end well. No, nope. uh, it was slightly poignant, if I remember correctly. So well, I'm it was. Kind of like, oh. It was funny.
1: Eric was like, "Why is this um, vampire dying slowly?" and you know, like this. Why is it only because she goes? Because feels. Well, here's the thing: every other va- she goes. Every other vampire dies in this explosion and blows up and does all this cool stuff. But no, these two guys, they just want to go slow and quietly. And, and he goes. Then to the end when the uh, woman dies. goes. he goes. I understand. She goes. I can understand because it's the feels. But that motherfucker right there, he needed to die in an explosion because he was evil. <laughs>
2: Oh, they do that sometimes for tenses and trauma. Maybe yep. he'll. Nope, he's dead. No,
1: he's dead. So <laughs> I mean, right
2: side Gonzo. It wasn't Blade Three. No.
1: See what's funny is I, I like Blade Three just because Ryan Reynolds and it's got some good scenes, but that's a bad one too. But we'll watch that. I've one. only
2: seen clips and I was like, the fuck.
1: Yeah, it's it's bad too. Like
2: um, when, when when Wesley Snipes sued them over Blade Three because it was so bad. I knew that was a hell of a sign.
1: <laughs> but
2: oh yeah, so, that's what, that's what superheroes is supposed to be. Everyone who's like, "Oh, too many superhero movies, and Suicide Squad is terrible, and Man of Steel is terrible. Watch the old superhero movies. Watch Superman 3 and 4, and you will change your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We're living in the greatest time for superhero movies compared to what we used to get. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, we got four... Technically, we got five Batman movies back then, if you count Batman, the TV series movie, and only one of them is actually good. Yeah. There are a couple others that are watchable. In fact, they're probably all watchable in different levels of watchability, but only one is actually good. We got four Superman movies. Only two are good, and one of them doesn't hold up as well. In fact, nostalgia definitely keeps one of them holding up better than it should. Yeah. And if you look at the stuff today, I mean, I've rewatched Iron Man and all that, relatively recently. Those still hold up pretty well.
1: Yeah. Um, but I did have one other thing uh, that was on there that I thought was an amazing fan thing that happened. Uh, if anybody got, um, if anybody is Facebook friends with me, I did share, uh, and you can find it on my Facebook page. This video that someone did of. This makes The Last Jedi seem more and better. Um, And it's like a montage of some fan that took um, the Skywalker family and did a thing where Yoda was talking about it. Uh, Talking about Jedis and talking about the Skywalker family and so on and so forth. And it was all spliced together and it was scenes from all the movies up in it and i teared up from it uh because it kind of i mean it hit, it hit the feels button just right um whoever did that did an amazing job um, but to be
2: honest aside from one weird space mary poppin scene the only problem with the last jedi is they don't explain certain things they don't explain why luke died and the best thing i've heard spoilers last jedi it's almost a year old now suck it yeah <laughs> uh, is that he hadn't used the force in so long? Suddenly, he uses the force for huge effect, and it killed him. And you know what? That actually makes fucking sense. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it 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 really it put uh, everything that's going on with the Skywalker because it's about the Skywalkers. That's what Star Wars technically
2: it, it it, is. It's it the story of Anakin Skywalker, his descendants, yeah. and it'll be good. And I hate to say this. It'll be good when they finish off episode nine and they're done. Yeah. Skywalker story done. We need to get away from it.
1: Yeah. So watch it, wait and see. Yeah. But I mean, this, um, this fan made, if you haven't seen it, go to my Facebook page, pull it up, watch it. It is really, 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 really good. Uh, Especially if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, which you already know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and it just really gets, it makes everything work. It makes everything fold in and everything happen because there's some good Carrie Fisher scenes in there. And you're like, yeah, fuck you, dude, for, you know, putting that scene in there because, you know, he hit whoever did it, knew what they were doing, hit the right notes, hit the right field. Um, and, and it just was perfect uh, because they use scenes all the way from episode one to uh, the current episode. So, I mean, it's it's all there.
2: I'll be honest. A lot of the problem we have nowadays, so this is going to be a little bit of a rant, because I'm half drunk, maybe more than half, three quarters. Uh, we're spoiled. We are. Movie-wise, we are so spoiled. Like, a movie like, oh, Solo was terrible, blah, blah, blah. My cousin said that. I'm like, what the fuck movie did you watch? I enjoyed the crap out of that movie. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to judge a movie on what it's not. And I have that problem occasionally. I like to step, take a step back and look and judge a movie on what it's trying to be. Yeah. That's why you can't judge a movie like, you know, that's why you can't judge a movie like Lionheart too harshly and you judge a movie like Blade a little harsher, Blade 2, because Blade 2 was trying to be more than it ended up being. Lionheart 2, Lionheart was trying to be exactly what it was. You know, it's like Team America World Police. I can't judge it too harshly. It was trying to be exactly what it is. <laughs> and, and we have to look at that and try and judge a movie what it's trying to be. You have to go and thread expectations. Uh, One of the YouTube reviewers I listened to, Jeremy Johns, he did a review of Hunter Killer, which is a movie that came out of nowhere. No one was coming. It just started playing trailers two weeks ago and just came out. And he's like, you know, I'm trying to judge it too harshly because it's not trying to be Casablanca. (laughs) Yeah, it's trying to be, you know, slow time action movie. Come watch us have fun. He said it wasn't terrible for that. It wasn't great. You know, some of these movies are not trying to be amazing, and sometimes we put them out there. Like Kingsman, Kingsman came out the first one in February in the movie Terrible Time, The Wasteland, and it was great, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is great!" But then you push it up, and you you make you, you start judging it by more than it's trying to be. It's just trying to be an enjoyable story sometimes. Yeah, try and get the vibe of the movie, what it's trying to be, and try and judge it on that.
1: Um, Xander and uh, Crimson were saying, and Crimson made a joke that we are spoiled because, uh, you know, we all grew up on Casablanca and Gone with the Wind. Um, people got to realize that Star- there's more to Star Wars than the, Je- than the Jedi. And, it, and it's a big issue. A lot of people can't get past that. Uh, but Solo was a good movie. Um, it was terrible. It, it wasn't, I didn't find anything terribly wrong with it. Um, I'm gonna do a third watch through pretty soon, so I may review that next next time we're on. Let, uh, let's
2: do that because I'm planning. I'm watching it with the moms on uh, that Sunday when you're at Warmsia your Weekend. Yeah, and we can do that. Maybe one. We can convince Kathy to see it again or yeah. see it
1: in the
0: Which first place. Solo. 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 I still haven't seen Solo, so uh, that would be
1: cool. yeah, yeah, try so we to can do that it, one. But I mean, yeah. we are kind of spoiled when it comes to oh, this thing isn't you know a it's ten out of a ten movie, so it's crap. And I'm like, no, even
2: if you judge some of the old there. movies. Like, I'll be honest, I own Casablanca. I enjoy Casablanca. Casablanca is a terrible movie by modern standards because of what it's It's not trying to be what a modern movie is. Correct. It is made for a generation where you're willing to build a slower, more drama-driven story. People don't do that so much anymore. So, you know, a lot of people will judge it like, this is terrible. Like, no, it's not. It's not for you, which is okay. And it's not what we're used to modern-wise but you have to judge it differently.
1: Yeah.
2: So. That's why certain movies, to us, those being sort of action-y, fi people, are more touchstones than others. Star Wars. Star Wars is paced great for then, for now, for everywhere. <laughs> that's right, Crimson 1919. Go ahead and quote me. Put it on the back of the box. <laughs> Remember, I own that movie and I enjoy it.
1: And with that said, that's the end of our podcast.